Welcome to day 355 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Matthew Kresge and David Dean Keefe. And uh, here we are in the book of Revelation, a book of great mystery, a book that has horrifying images of a God's judgment or his wrath being poured out on a world who has rejected him and denied his power. Uh, and uh, we also see a book of great hope where we know that uh, in the Old Testament, the day of the Lord, which is described in these middle chapters of Revelation, is both great and terrible. It is great in the hope that it brings to those who have found their hope in Christ. And it is a, a woe, a deep woe uh, to those who have rejected him. So we continue uh, in chapter 13 and, and 14. So before we do, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Uh, David, why don't you lead us in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, um, what a grace it is to our lives. Um, Father, now as we turn to it, may this living and active word do the work that only it can do in our lives. And so, Father, we come to you asking you to help renew our hearts and renew our affections um, for you. Uh, Father, forgive us for when we have turned to other things, and now we want to turn to your word in the hopes of you restoring us and doing the work that only you can do. And so help us to have uh, ears to hear, uh, eyes to see, and help us to marvel at the wonders of your word. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Revelation 13. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on its horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. On one of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage a war against it? beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opens its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. It was given authority over every tribe and people and language and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Then I saw a second beast coming up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. and exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beef, it deceived the beast, deceived the nations and the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It was also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands and on their foreheads, 
So they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. It's cause for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast for this number of man. That number is 666. Then I looked, and there before me was a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound like the heaven, like the roaring of rushing waters, and like the loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of a harpist playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except for the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as first roots to God and the Lamb. No lie is found in their mouths, and they are blameless. And I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every tribe, a language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and the springs, of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Third angel followed with him and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships a beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They'll be tormented with burning sulfur, the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast in its image or for anyone who received the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. And then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. I looked, and there before me was a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man, with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him as sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated in the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle still another who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grape from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe the angel swung his sickle in the earth gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of god's wrath they were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed out of the winepress rising as high as a horse's bridle for a distance of 1,600 stadia. We have the images of, you know, judgment here becoming even even more intense. Of course, that last one is yeah. amazing when you see, you know, the land covered with blood up to a horse's, you know, bridle uh, for, you know, 1,600 stadia, which is, is, is kind of incredible. And so you have the highly, uh, in a highly, uh, vivid images you know of, of god's judgment and of course you know with that is is the hope of those who have been sealed by him on um, you know the hundred and forty four thousand. so what are some of the things that uh you know stand up as you 
or stand out as you read this uh, <laughs> final passage or stand up either way yeah initially for me just the uh the way that the beast is characterized is coming out of the sea and and the appearance and and all around it. i mean it's just you have the kind of the antithesis of who God is, and yet it's He's a cheap imitation of of this you know, <laughs> God who is the Lord. And, and so you have one of the heads of the beast seem to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. You get kind of this false resurrection. I mean, uh-huh. um, and then that phrase where they worship the beast and they ask, "Who is like the beast? Who can wage war?" Again, I mean, that's the refrain of the people in the Old Testament: "Is who is like the Lord?" And and so here you have just this cheap imitation it's there's no no lord at all you know no one worth worshiping and and yet people continue to go after it and and of course you have you know you have those words that we you know get you know from uh you know john's epistles you know talking about the anti-christ which is you know not the one who is against christ but the one who places himself up instead of christ Mm -hmm. which is you know the meaning of that term and of course you have kind of this you know threefold you know uh, working here, or you have a you know a, a false trinity. You have the dragon, and you have his human representative, and you even have you know kind of a priestly representative, mm-hmm. and you know the beast from the you know from you know from the land. Uh, so you have kind of all the uh, the influence of the dragon offering itself in both a secular way and in a religious way to the people of the earth as an alternative, you know, to the help you know that we have you know that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we see the pretty sharp contrast in in worship. Um, maybe I heard one guy say this. You may always kind of asking us, so who who do we worship? And it says in chapter thirteen, verse eight, all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, um, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. And then, and then we have that call to the people of God for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people in the middle of all this, which we see twice, I guess. Yeah, you see twice in this passage a call to patient endurance. And of course, uh, that is, you know, what the epistles call us to, that's what Jesus, you know, called us to, what the prophets, you know, have called us to Mm -hmm. do, you know, know, to. And and of course, you even have, you know, in the beginning, you know, as the the saints cry out, how long, O Lord, just a little while Mm -hmm. longer until, you know, the consummation, you know, of history. And it comes, and of course, you have some of the things you know that are, you know, really famous in here, like you know the mark, mark of the beast, six, six, and six, there's yeah. and the number, you know, six, 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 and uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of times, you know, it's associated with you know some of the, you know, the the strangest things. But you you need to contrast that with God, who has, has sealed those, mm-hmm. of who are His own, and, and and of course the beast has also done the same thing he has offered his mark yeah. to you know those those are his own and, and a lot of people have come up to me you know from time to time said you know could we possibly have received the mark of the beast and when we did this or when we did this or when you bought your cell phone or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. whatever it is you buy and sell with you know that uh, you know limit all that quite this a few is, theories yeah <laughs> this is you know this is yeah. uh, this is something you know that God knows you know those who are his own and yeah. we are secure in him and we don't have to worry about you know a little action by which we, you know, might play into the hands uh, of the beast. That God has preserved us and has marked us, and that uh, we we have His mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's one of those things to me that's always so important when we're when you read a text like this and there seems to be some confusing images or symbols or numbers, you know, is, is to just kind of watch the contrasts that are also being played out, you know, consider the context because we've met a people that God has preserved for himself who's written, he's written, you know, his name on their foreheads and immediately after you get this mark of the beast, you know, with the number of man, again, John tells us, and there was 144,000, you know, the people of God whom God has written his name on their foreheads and and yet God is absolutely, he's marked out a people for himself, and he'll preserve them. And, and I love even the way they characterize it. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. Yeah, isn't that great? Mm-hmm. And, and you have this, you know, naturally happening, you know, of course, in John's time, when you have people excluded from guilds, they've lost their uh, trade, they've lost the ability to do commerce. Uh, because they've uh, you know, identified with Christ and been oster, you know, ostracized, mm-hmm. you know, from the rest of society, and, and we have no doubt that you know, in, in different places in the world, you know, that that you know that will happen again. Uh, you know, we even probably see some of that happening, you know, in Afghanistan right now. People of God being excluded mm-hmm. uh, from their ability to make a living and, and, and even to live and even to have their lives under under the reign, you know, of terror, you know, uh, there. Uh, and, and we can expect, you know, Christians on a, a larger wholesale to be excluded from the norms of society because of their loyalty, you know, to you know to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You get that call again. We mentioned it earlier, but that call again to this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God, and you get this kind of tag: who keep His commands and remain faithful to Jesus. You know, it just it's remind me as we've been reading through this, and you know, we even going through kind of First John, Second John, Third John, and that emphasis on, you know, the people of God, you know, that will remain faithful to Him. You know, for this is the love of God that you know He will keep my commands, for His commands are not burdensome, and and just that reminder of faithful endurance on the part of the people of God, you know, it is a keeping of His commands because of what He's done in us, and because He's given us that. You know that heart of flesh that is written His law on our hearts, and and uh, well, you know one of the ways we remain faithful is through the keeping of commands, and you know, even just in Revelation so far, it's it's almost whose commands will they keep? You know, will it be the beast yeah. or will it be Babylon or you know some or, other? Thing? Or, or, you know, and of course we've already had the contrast between idolatry and true worship. Yeah, and mm-hmm. idolatry is finding our comfort in the people, the things of this world, the people of this world. Uh, and true worship, of course, is finding our comfort in, 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 uh, in God and in, in the Lamb and Him who reigns on the throne mm-hmm. and the one that is worthy you know, of worship and the only one who is you know, worthy of worship. So that is, you know, that is a contrast. And, of course, you, you do look at the, you know, the great counterfeit. Yeah. You look at the you know, dragon who would elevate himself over God and you look at you know, the ones that he empowers and you know, gives us very real perception of power, and of course, we're warned in in both the gospels and the epistles that uh, in, in the in the final days there will be deceiving signs and deceiving wonders, uh, just as there were in the days of the Exodus as well. So these are you know, patterns that you know, begin in the Old Testament, and we can expect to be repeated with even greater intensity, you know, in the New Testament as we move more and more, you know, toward the consummation of history. And so we come to the end of another week in the book of Revelation. Yeah. We have one more week, and then uh, we uh, start a whole new series of, of podcasts. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that uh, you know those who are your own, that you have measured you know, the depth and the breadth of your people, and that you have 
kept them secure in you. We thank you that we are marked in you, and we thank you that we are sealed for you from the day of our redemption. And, Father, we thank you for the hope we have in you. Uh, May we draw hope from this book as we read it. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.